We have iced tea, we have tea. It's great. <laughs> Join us. One of us. <laughs> Join the dark side of the boss. <laughs> we have cookies. Greetings, anime fans and anime casuals alike. This is Matt here, and welcome back to another episode of Imbibe an Anime. Sadly, this week, I don't have Stan with me as my usual co-host, but I have a nice change of events for you all. So last week, Stan and I mentioned that we have been talking to a friend of ours about trying to get some new artwork for the podcast to have an official thumbnail for all of our podcast episodes, as well as a profile image for the actual channel. And what do you know, this week, that friend is joining me on the channel as my co-host this week, and that is my good friend Templar. Welcome, Templar, to Imbibe an Anime. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, Templar, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit to the show? What uh, what got you here to Imbibe an Anime? Well, um, first of all, uh, my name is, as you mentioned, uh, I, I am Templar. Uh, I love to draw. I love to cook. Um, I'm currently about to hit 20 years old. Um, I'm currently in college, and uh, yeah, I'm... I like anime as well as, you know, many other things. Uh, what got me here is uh, Mott. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I, Mott ta talked to me about this and about this project of his, and uh, I thought it sounded really cool. So, yeah, here I am. Thank you. Well, thank you for joining the show. I'm excited to talk to you today. So today, uh, for our podcast, I, I took it the nice, chill, easy route. Today, I'm joined by a good old herbal tea of mine. It's a very delicious infusion that I, I personally enjoyed that a friend gifted me from Seattle, Washington. It's a, a ginger rosebush chamomile infusion. Uh, it's that delicious. sounds delicious. It like, is really good. Yeah. Uh on my side, I, I just have my good old iced tea. That's uh, one of the drinks I usually I usually have on my side whenever I'm studying or drawing. That's it. it it's kind of like my classic partner, if you could say so. It's it's great. How do you like your iced tea? Is it sweet or unsweetened? Uh, right now it's sweetened, but uh, honestly, both ways can go. But uh, right now I little, need a little bit of sugar to kickstart my day. Well, I mean, what's left of it, at least. <laughs> Fair enough. I was going to say, we're recording this right now at 4 p.m. If you're starting your day now, when did you wake up? Uh, a little bit late. I, I, I had a lot of stuff to do. I'm not going to judge too much, though, because last week when uh, the International was still going on, I literally was waking up at 2 p.m. and going to oh, bed yeah. at 7 a.m. just to watch all the games from Shanghai. That was amazing. Uh, if anyone, if if anyone is a fan of Dota here uh, as well, uh, you should definitely watch those games if you haven't. Really, really good Dota. Yeah, fun fact: Templar and I actually met each other through Dota, and then we figured out that we both share a lot of interest in anime and manga. So we've been messaging each other about it, and I found out that's how I found out that Templar is a really good artist. Well, um, thank you. <laughs> you are very welcome. So how's it been going this week for you? What have you been up to? Any um, interesting adventures or manga and anime that you've seen? Manga and anime, uh, not so much. I've been really busy last week. Uh, as we talked about, I have been working on that special project of ours. As well as I've been keeping up with a few mangas. Uh, mainly uh, Love is War, uh, you know. Yes. Uh, I don't think there have been any updates lately, though. But, you know, I've, I've been keeping up to date with that. Uh, Seven Deadly Sins is pretty good as well. 
you know, uh, stuff like that. Um, I don't really keep up with uh, things like One Piece because it's way too long. I I don't have time to get invested in this. <laughs> I didn't know that you were reading Seven Deadly Sins. Oh, Seven Deadly Sins is very, very good. You know, they're coming out with the most recent episode or most recent season. I think it's either fall or winter. I did not know that, but um, I think the manga's just so far ahead that even with that season, it might not catch up. But if, if anyone uh, just you know, really had that that series like in, in their to read list or to watch list. That's definitely something you should check out. It's it's very, very good. I enjoyed watching Seven Deadly Sins as well quite a lot. It just frustrated me that it's on the Netflix platform. Uh I can see what you mean. Um personally, uh I started reading the manga because it was so far ahead. But basically how it happens for me is um I start watching something but I, I kind of want to know more. I, I'm not the the guy who who is gonna like wait for a cliffhanger. I, I I'm gonna go online and I'm gonna go find the source material and read that as well. So that that's why I don't keep up with the anime anymore. You're too impatient. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the problem for me with Netflix and anime, as much as I I love the fact, first of all, I'll say I love the fact that Netflix is publishing anime and distributing it in the West. I think that's a really good thing in terms of spreading the influence of anime throughout mainstream culture. I think that's great and wonderful. The more anime founds out there, the better. The problem that I have with Netflix distributing anime is they do it the same standardized Netflix method where they produce or get the production in its entirety for one season, and then they publish it all on the same day. And it's great for binging, and I do enjoy binging some TV shows that way. But some anime I really love to watch as it comes out. And it's really fun to see each episode each week and talk to your friends about each episode as it's airing and get kind of pulled along that way. And you just can't do that on Netflix. Yeah, I, I, I can I, I know what you mean. Uh back like a, like I think one or two years one or two years ago when uh I was much more into anime because I had a lot more time <laughs> than I have right now. Um, I remember watching, like, I think a few shows. I don't exactly remember the names, but I know, like, the next day it aired, or, like, when it aired really late at night, me and my friends would just stay up and watch that. Uh, it, it was great because you could kind of keep up and, like, you could be with your friends, talk about it the next day, and it made for, for some really fun chit-chat. But uh, if if Netflix does it like that, that, it, it it has his good points and bad points at the same time. It does. It does. I think it's just, it's the outlier in the anime community because no other site does it in such like a binge format besides Netflix. So it's just the fact that it's the outlier makes it feel kind of weird to me, you know? Yeah, I, 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 I kind of see what you mean. Well, for me this week, um, I have actually been watching a lot of anime because I have too much time on my hands recently. So I went back and I rewatched a lot of shows. So I rewatched uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. As, well, I shouldn't say I rewatched it because I watched Neon Genesis Evangelion the movies. So oh, they, okay. they produced like the first, second, and third movie as well as the end of Evangelion. And so I've seen all four of those movies before. And I didn't know until a friend of mine who I used to live with back in college, he messaged me and he was like, oh, yeah, Neon Genesis Evangelion's on Netflix. And I looked it up <laughs> Wait, and I what? was like, yeah, it's on Netflix, dude. 
Did you not know this? No, I am. As I've been telling you, I didn't really have time to like Netflix or anything. So, well, if you have time, yeah, if I have time, like hearing this from you right now is like news to me. <laughs> well, I'm glad you just got introduced to it now again. Yes, I checked it out on uh, Netflix, and I was like, "Wait, this is like 26 episodes." I thought it was like three movies, and I I messaged him about it, and he explained it to me, and apparently, the TV show is the original. And the movies were produced or they were published afterwards. There's some uncertainty as to whether or not they were simultaneously being produced or how much the original produce, uh, the original director and creator was involved in making the movies. But apparently they made the movies afterwards because they were not the fan base was not totally satisfied with the TV show ending in particular, which I can understand. Oh. Because the shift in tone from episode 24 to episode 25 and 26 is extremely drastic. And the pacing changes super hard. Was it like super slow and then goes like super fast or something? I, I have not watched those episodes. Kind of. So have you seen Neon Genesis at all? Ish. Like super ish and super long ago. So might as okay. well say no, I guess. So the, the pacing at first is not, I wouldn't call it slow, it's normal. It's kind of episodic to an extent. Like each episode, there's a new crisis or there's new a new challenge that they have to overcome. And there's an overarching plot, of course, but each episode is kind of episodic for a while. And then all of a sudden, episode 25 hits, and it's like it steps on the gas and goes way too fast. Oh, God. Like, suddenly everything changes. Everything is different. The animation style completely changes. It becomes super minimalistic and super, um, what's the term for it? Iconic. So not really traditional anime okay. art anymore. So the, the art style completely shifts focus as well. And it's a, it's, a, it's a blunt change. It's hard to digest. And All apparently right. there's a lot of events that are inferred in the TV show that they want you to just kind of accept or kind of figure out what's going on, but it's really hard to do so because they're very quick scenes and they're not well explained and they're out of context. So they decided to make the movie and expand that last section of the story arc a little bit more so that it kind of gave viewers more uh, explanation material more material and a, more of a settled feeling in their gut and it also changes the focus of the ending so the tv show has like a nice ending to it and the movie actually has a really dark apocalyptic ending to it oh god yeah all right so i only knew the dark apocalyptic ending and then now i've seen the whole thing in the nice happy ending at the end now that you've seen both which one do you think would fit better I think I like the movie better just because the pacing is regular. What about the ending? Um, I, I like the ending more for the movie just because it, it makes a lot of sense. Once you <laughs> figure out what happens, like oh, once God. you like read through some online material and have someone explain it to you, then you're like, Oh, okay. I like that. You know? Okay, so it, it kind of comes together after you finally piece out the entire puzzle. That's what you're Yeah, talking. and it's okay. a nice ending. The movie is easy to piece together, but the ending is kind of a little bit out of character and also a little bit just too depressing for me. Oh, God. Okay. Like, have you seen Angel Beats? I have not, because I have heard it's quite sad. That's the only reason I have not. 
Okay, then I can't I can't make this reference either because I don't want to spoil it for you yeah. or the viewers. I mean, yeah, don't spoil for the viewers. I mean, it, it is pretty old, but you know, who knows? Maybe there's someone like me who hasn't watched it. Uh, whenever I watch anime, for example, um, unless it's like some really like really amazing show, uh, I usually watch anime just like you know to smile, not really to go in like the feels train and like mm. no breaks never stops. So that's why some really sad sad material uh unless i'm really in for like the long run for example uh fma mm. unless it's like something like fma uh i usually watch only like to smile and not like cry and be like no no what have you done so like you haven't seen Ano uh anohana for example exactly yeah i can i can relate to that to an extent uh i have watched like uh, stuff like steins gate though that was that was amazing. Holy. You do get the feels out of Steins Gate. I know, but I mean, I had to, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to. It's just so good. It's so good. I could definitely relate to that. So yeah, I watched this week Evan, uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. I've watched Angel Beats this week. Uh, I watched Hana Monogatari as well as Tsuki Monogatari from the Monogatari series. Oh, yeah. Both of those are just four-episode quick series. So that's oh. not too much. Uh, do you need to follow like some kind of like? Does it follow the the storyline or whatever? Because yes. I, I know the Monogatari series have like infinite material. You could say it's very very long. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I don't really wanted to start start watching it because uh, back in the days when I had time, sure, but um, not anymore. I mean, uh, I'm a Dota player, and like I have not been able to play any Dota for like the past month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the so Hanamonogatari and Tsukimonogatari do require prior knowledge of the show because they involve characters and character interactions which are pre-established, especially Tsukimonogatari. Hanamonogatari, you could probably get away with watching the first season of the Monogatari series and then maybe the second season and that's it. And then you jump into Hanamonogatari, you could probably do that. Um, but it's not the way it's meant to be viewed, and it is better watching all of the prior material before re reading or watching Hanamonogatari and Tsukimonogatari. All right. So it is a commitment. It, it is a huge commitment. Like uh, stuff like Seven Deadly Sins, who has like I think uh, we're on like two hundred three-ish chapters. If I'm not wrong. Wait, whoa! The manga is way ahead of the anime. Oh, then. Uh, yeah, if you've only seen the anime, you you you're quite behind on like the actual story. Uh, that's yeah, the I've reason only why. Seen the anime. Yeah, okay, but uh, the manga has like I think two hundred thirty. Uh, don't quote me on that, but it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. The only reason why I've been able to uh, have such a like high commitment is because I started way back when I had a lot of time, and. Just getting updated one chapter uh, whenever it comes out is very easy. So I didn't really see like the extra seventy chapters that came after I caught up. Makes so sense. It, it, yeah, because uh, re reading a manga chapter is not like thirty minutes when like a show comes out, like one episode. Uh, it's basically like ten minutes or like more or less, depending uh, if you want to rush it or if you just want to take a look at the art. You know, st stuff like that. That that's why for me it was. Like kind of very easy to just keep going because it's mm -hmm. just like oh there's a new chapter and then like i read it and that's it that's it's not very long it's very satisfying and uh yeah makes sense makes sense yeah so let's 
Let's jump into the meat of the material for today. Oh, yes. So today I figured it would be a good opportunity for me to talk to Templar and get to ask him about his drawings, you know, ask Templar about how he got into it, why he likes drawing so much, so on and so forth. So to start this out, how about you tell me a little bit about your background about consuming manga and anime? Oh, how did God. you first get involved in the in the franchises that you like? What drew you into the otaku community in the first place? Um, okay, so it was like, I think about like seven years ago, something like that. It kind of ties in to why I started drawing. So uh, I'm, I'm going to say some things that I'm probably going to well, later on. Uh, that you're going to ask me about other stuff, I'm going to come back to this and say, uh, this is where this started, for example. Okay. So um, I've already started drawing by that point, uh, like quite a lot, actually. And uh, I was on YouTube, you know, just a little kid, like 12 years old. <laughs> you know, good old, old YouTube without like the crazy algorithms, and monetization and, you know, all the stuff you see now. So I was on YouTube and I I saw this like i think one episode back because it wasn't as regulated before there were a lot of episodes that you could like just see i don't know how i got there i don't exactly remember how i think i was watching some kind of like uh drawing or painting tutorials or whatever but i arrived to uh the show called the familiar of zero in english uh in oh i don't think i know that one i personally i like it a lot I, I I just like romance. It's it's just a fun genre for me to watch. Yeah, uh it's a familiar of zero. It's quite old. Uh the art style makes it seem old. Well, not old like super old, but you know, y you can tell it, it it it's not like a brand new production. Is it one of those shows that just has a art style that is more iconic of old times or is it a show that like hasn't aged well? I think more I a little bit more iconic. I think it's still aged well. It's like the only reason why you can tell is because of the art style uh, of what the eyes like how how the eyes are painted. Mm, okay, I, I I could tell because of that, and like I uh, yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna come back to the specific detail later on. That's fine. Yeah, but uh, I watched a familiar of zero, and uh, I thought it was thought it was cool, so I started digging a little bit about it. I ended up watching. Uh, I think back then there was only two seasons out. Right now, I think there's like four seasons. Uh, it stopped because I think, if I remember correctly, the author uh, died for that series. Rest in peace, by the way. I honestly like it. Probably uh, like half of this is probably just nostalgia, but that's how I really got into it. And uh, afterwards, uh, I just started, started talking to my friends about like you know this thing called manga and anime. And they were like, "Oh yeah, like we also do this." And like, "Oh, oh." Like you're late to the party, Templar. Yeah, I'm late. I was late to the party. I was like, oh, oh, my bad, <laughs> <laughs> my bad. So yeah, and that's how it started. We started watching, you know, some shows as a little kid. Of course, as a little kid, you like you have so much free time. You you consume anything, and you think everything is like god tier. Yeah. yeah, I was there, and yeah, I just started watching a lot. Uh, this is how mostly I developed this. I would like to say unhealthy because it kind of is. Yeah, I, I I binge a lot. Like, I can relate to that. 
unless it's physically impossible for me to binge, aka I've reached the limit and the other chapter has not been published yet, I will keep binging until I reach that point. So uh, there were a lot of nights that I stayed up super, super late with some friends just binging shit. But yeah, it's it's really just really fun in general. That's how I really got into it. Uh, as for merchandise, never really got merchandise. I'm, I've just been, like you could say, pretty tame. Just watching and reading the stuff I like. And pretty, that's pretty much it, really. Fair enough. That, that's how I really started. And lately, uh, less and less because, you know, college. Uh, I start college next week again, right? So stuff like that. I got trips, uh, work, you know. Life happens. Yeah, life happens, basically. So you have much less. You mentioned you really like the genre for romance, manga, and anime. Is that like yes. your favorite genre, or are there some others that you like as well? Uh, it's one of my favorites, obviously. Uh, I think it's uh, it doesn't need to be the main focus, but a well-executed side plot of romance can really add to the story, because uh, it's just stuff that happens in like, life as well. You can't really... Uh, kind of you can't count out the factor of like the heart or emotions out of there so it can like if it's done well even as a side plot or as a main plot it can be really really good what are some highlights for manga or anime that you really really liked that fit that theme about romance for like yeah. uh yeah. i kind of like uh have you seen bunny girl senpai Probably. i love bunny girl senpai yeah, there so you go. much there you go I, I don't I think I am not gonna say anymore if people have not seen it, but uh great. Definitely would recommend watching it. That's one of the series that probably did that. It's not actually about bunny girls for reference. No, it's a little not... bit of a teaser slash not quite correct title. Uh, slash clickbait. <laughs> it is clickbait. It really feels slash like slash clickbait. But yeah, that was pretty good. Uh Steinsgate also had uh, a little bit of a side um romance plot. And I think it, I think it was great. Just to add a little bit more to the story, and yeah, just Titans Gate was really solid in general. Like, there's a reason why it's probably one of the best shows that has ever been produced. I don't even think I would say that the romance in Titans Gate is a side plot, because the the romance between um the oh my god, spoiler alert! Get all the <laughs> characters. I'm spoiler not going to say alert. any spoilers here. But the, the romance between the main character and the two people he ends up having romance with, um, or romantic feelings towards, I should say, um, that whole tension is like the entire tension that drives the second half of the plot. I wouldn't exactly say both, but... Um... You know what I mean, though, right? It's his yeah, feelings I, I, for his friend versus his feelings for his like romantic interest. Yeah, exactly. It's not exactly all about romance but there is there's like it drives and he i kind of want to say more but i don't want to spoil so i think i'm gonna stop now <laughs> Fair enough. It, if i start going um spoilers massive spoilers is there a particular i guess type or genre that you also like to draw more as well or do you not really have a preference as much for the type of art that you draw as well I think when I draw, um, I like to make things pretty. Like, uh, this is also why I mostly don't like of what I draw. Because I still, like, uh, after finishing up a piece, I think it's really good. Then you, like, go to sleep, and then you wake up the other morning, 
then you realize there's like this here, this here, this here. And you know, it's just stuff that makes you like get better at it. But uh, if there's a special genre that I like to draw, uh, not really. Okay. As long as I think their character is cool, uh, or like I have interest in the character, it can be a girl, a guy, I don't really care. It can even be a Pokemon for real. <laughs> like, okay. My drawing and uh, anime tastes, like, it's not really inf- influenced. Yes, I'm gonna draw stuff that I like. Exactly. Like for example, I-, I like Steins Gate, so yeah, I wouldn't really mind. Like, I think I've drawn a few Steins Gate pieces, uh, that I obviously have not shown to anyone <laughs> because that was long ago and it was kind of bad. Well, for my standards now, because uh, I've obviously improved. But um, yeah, uh, when I draw it, like it's it's not like. It doesn't have to be like this specific genre, or I'm gonna say like, oh no, I'm not gonna draw that. No. Was manga the first type of art you were doing, or did you draw other things before you decided to really get involved in manga? I did draw. I I did start with drawing other things, but that was so long ago. I I guess I can just plug the entire story now. Go ahead. Yeah, how'd you get involved in drawing manga? Yeah, while I'm at it. it started when I was really uh, just just a kid. Um, I love drawing, you know. As I I'm sure a lot of kids like drawing when they're a kid. But yeah, I started drawing, and uh, how I got in like a little bit into the whole anime and manga art style. You do know like Legos and stuff, right? Oh like, yeah, for sure. Building blocks, yeah, of course, yeah. Kids love um, Legos. Yeah, they love Legos. My niece is the biggest Lego fan. It's really cute. Oh yeah, uh, I love Legos. Like when I was a when I was a kid, Legos were like my god. It's 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 great. I spent a lot of time building, playing, role playing, whatever. Like all of it. It's it's great. And uh, back in my day, uh, when I was a little kid, there was uh, this series of Legos, you know, that were called Exoforce. Uh, I don't know if you know about them. Were they like the Bionicle Legos or? Uh, it's not Bionicle, but. Uh, it's kind of like Mecha. Okay. It it has kind of this Mecha feel, and uh, it was very anime-ish. And I didn't know back then. You know, I was just a little kid. Like, it was even before I started, like, uh, that. And I had, I remember, I think for my birthday, um, I got this really huge, I think, like, 2,000 piece, uh, pieces uh, to build. It was this huge truck. Uh, well, I... I I say truck, but it's more like a vehicle, and it had a lot of stuff. It was great, and uh, at the very end of the instruction manual, uh, they added just a how to draw one of the main characters. And uh... as I told you, it was a little bit anime-ish, and so you know I liked drawing back then. And after I finished building the entire thing and I played a bit, I just went back to the instructions to check if I missed anything. And I saw that, and I was like, "That looks, that looks cool." So I just started drawing like that. Uh, from there, uh, I started a bit. I started like looking up online, like, uh, "What is this?" I like, I was a little kid, so I didn't like. I, I was kind of bad at it. Like back then, I didn't even know English. For those who don't know, uh, I I was born as a with Spanish, and I moved in Canada afterwards, and I learned French and. It's only later on that I learned English. So uh, my Google searches were not exactly uh, great back then, <laughs> if you could say so. Like piece together English? 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I knew like very uh, just few English words. I didn't even know how to make a sentence in English.、Mm. But yeah,、um, I just started looking into it, and slowly but surely,、uh, I started drawing like this. And、uh, back then, I think you know, like、uh, comics, like Kit Paddle or something like that.、Uh, I love drawing on that style as well.、Uh, I love drawing like. Whatever you know, like a little kid, knights, robots.、Uh, back then, I also got Kirby.、Uh, I it was my first、uh, Kirby, as in like the Game Boy game. Yeah,、uh, no, actually for the DS. I I got Kirby for the DS. Kirby Superstar、uh, Superstar Ultra, and、uh, oh wait, I loved that game. That was the shit. That that game, I I've passed this game a hundred percent, seventeen times. I know every <laughs> single level by heart. Like if you give me right now,、uh, I could probably pass it hundred percent again, no problem. But yeah,、uh, that's how I started. And I started doing a little bit of Kirby, a little bit of this, and I started having the influence from、uh, the Exoforce. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And、uh, the mechas were really cool. And I think up to this day, from what I know, it's one of the best Lego sets I've ever had. And、uh, yeah, I just really, really, really loved it. And from there on, as I told you.、Uh, Few years later, after I was started getting better, drawing like some Kirby,、uh, also some Club Penguin. By the way, I oh Club Penguin played, was a good show. I played show. Club Penguin back in like back in the day. I loved Club Penguin as well.、Uh, you know all the card jutsu and everything.、Uh, pretty fun, pretty fun.、Nice. So I I drew like、uh, I some of my drawings I gave to my cousin. And she still has them because she sent me a pic the other day. It was I, I just saw it. It was like memories. So I had like the fire dojo. I drew the fire dojo. I like I drew Kirby. I drew stuff like that. But because of、uh, what I started with、uh, the Exo Four series,、um, I started drawing a little bit of、uh, manga-ish, anime-ish art style. And then came in as I told you.、Uh, I I found out this thing about like the familiar of Zero,、uh, Zero no Tsukaima, for、uh, in Japanese, I believe, and.、Uh, From there on, I was like, "Oh, this is great!" So I started drawing stuff from from that because,、uh, as an artist, you're obviously inspired by everything that surrounds you. So, Makes sense.、Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And back in that day, I was also playing Maple Story, so that didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I had this Maple Story thingy. Uh, I I've had like I played a lot of games. I played obviously RuneScape, played Dragon Fable, I played. Think about like Dofus. It was it was great. Like a lot of things. Like I played a lot of things. I got inspired by a lot of things. Had a lot of drawings inspired by that. And slowly, when I slowly got started with like the Formula Zero, then I was like, this is really cool. So I started drawing about that. And、uh, slowly but surely, the more I got into the entire like、uh, anime culture, I started drawing more and more like that. However, I never really fully dedicated myself like only to drawing that art style.、Uh, I still liked. Some other art styles as well, like、okay. to be a little bit more realistic, a little bit more cartoonish.、Um, obviously, I have not drawn in those genres as much as I have in anime, but I did not want to just draw anime. So,、uh, for example, I think I have shown you Ultron from you know of the Avengers movies. Oh, that's sick. Yeah. Oh, that means I probably haven't shown you. No, you haven't shown me any depiction of Ultron. Oh、uh, well, yeah.、Uh, I've shown a lot of people. That's why I wasn't sure if I showed you to you or not. 
but uh, it's it's a huge piece, and it's like nowhere near anime-ish. It's like I this I have this huge portrait of Ultron. Uh, I have it actually um, in my living room, right behind my TV. So whenever I watch stuff, I have Ultron like eyeing me in the back. <laughs> it awesome. looks really good. Like it's one of the only few pieces. Like I've made this like I think two or three years ago, and it's one of the rare pieces that I like even to this day. So. You know, yeah. I don't only draw anime, but I'm I've been I spent a lot of time drawing it. So yeah, this is pretty much how it began and how it developed with the time with the games I played, with the people I've met, with the series I've watched, and yeah. So here we are. I can relate to a lot of what you're saying in terms of trying to mimic a lot of your favorite shows because I I mean I don't draw, but I, I write music and I perform. Um, I studied music in undergrad to an extent as well. Ooh, that's cool. So I I write some of my own songs for guitar and and so on and so forth. And that all started, of course, by like listening to an album and being like, oh yeah, this this Death Cab for Cutie song. I love this song. How would I play that on guitar? And then I try and imitate it on guitar. And then I take some riffs from that, and it influences some of my own music. So I can relate to you in that sense yeah. for sure. I mean, uh, obviously, making music is it's technically an art as well like it's it's just oh, another sure. way of art so i like to say that uh the art is usually influenced by a lot of what you see what you do think your beliefs because in the end uh sure you can make something pretty but uh, a lot of the stuff you draw can also convey a message about yourself or what you say your beliefs for sure for sure of course it doesn't always have to be like that but you're obviously very influenced by, like, by what you see every day. So, yeah, honestly, I can also relate to you a bit because um, I think in high school I played uh, the saxophone. I I learned a little bit about music, a little bit about music theory. I wouldn't say too much uh, at all, but uh, yeah, I I know a little bit about music, and yeah, I I think it's great. So you mentioned that you you started by imitating a lot of these different manga that you really liked and enjoyed. But do you ever make your own work ever at any point? Like, do you come up with your own characters that you put down on pen and paper? Okay, so this is another story that ties into the origin story of drawing. So, um, yeah, um, because of all the Exoforce and stuff, uh, me and my sister... Uh, we liked playing a lot with this, and as I told you, uh, we like role playing a lot with this and have, making stories and everything. So obviously, some OCs are bound to pop up for those who don't know OCs, original characters. And uh, I think for a while I was imitating a lot of what I saw, but now I can definitely tell you that I think for the past like five years, uh, whenever I want to draw something. It's not like I think eighty-five percent of the time. It's something that I create myself. Of course, it's a little bit influenced by some styles, but uh, you know, because of what I want to draw or the feel I want to draw. For example, if I want to draw like a wizard, not gonna give him like this huge robot arm. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, stuff like that. Like even Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is is great. I like. There's a lot of fantasy works that I watch, like is it anime or mainstream, or even like RPGs. Diablo, Diablo's great as well for those who haven't played. Um, yeah, stuff like that. So uh, now, 
it's kind of like this huge mishmash of information and like designs I have that uh, because of all of that experience, I can now just create what I want on my on my own. Makes sense. Yeah. Now, if I draw something, it's going to be very rarely something copied from something else and more as just an original character that has no name. A lot of times has no name. And it just like I felt like that day I took up my pen and I was like, okay, let's draw a knight. What knight? I don't know. What type of armor? I don't know. Futuristic, like magical fantasy. Who knows? You don't give them a backstory or anything like that when you're drawing them out? No. Well, depends which ones, because uh, obviously back when I was a little kid, I had a lot of OCs and stuff. So some characters will have just a backstory because of how recurring they were at a lot of points in my life. Makes sense. But a lot of them is just like, I want, like, I have this really cool idea for, uh, for example, uh, this weird, like, shirt design design thingy or, like, fantasy design thingy. I have this really cool idea. I'm going to make a character and put that style on that character and, like, kind of, uh, kind of, like, memorize it. So even if I forget, I still have, a, like, a paper of, you know, what I thought about. And I keep it. And the place I keep all of my drawings, I like to call it, it's, it's, it's the archives. It's the archives because... A lot of them are just a bunch of ideas. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of them are just like some random drawings I never finished. Of course, there's also a lot of drawings that I finished and uh, I keep very well. Uh, but yeah, the archives, it's like this huge, huge like dictionary of ideas. It's great. And uh, the more the years pass, the, the bigger it gets. And it's always really fun to dig back and see what I, all the designs I thought about before. It's great. Looking over your original works, either the more current ones or the older ones, do you think that you have like a particular style that's kind of uniquely you? And if so, how would you kind of describe it? Um, well, as I told you before, um, I was hugely influenced by uh, anime and manga, obviously. Uh, also, some other games that I played. Uh, like Maple Story looks a lot like Chibi. You know what Chibi yeah. is, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. For reference, for the viewers who may not know, or the listeners, sorry, who may not know Chibi, Chibi is just a type of uh, manga style where it's accentuated to kind of look like a baby. So the heads are really huge, often in comparison to the body, and they're kind of minuscule, small little people. <laughs> yes, people. It, it it is people. Uh, I like to add to that that it's. Usually, it's hugely um, put like the main driving point of that style. More looking like a baby. It's more just. It's made to look cute. Like the whole yes. point of that art style is to look cute. So it's also very easy, and since it's very small, it's meant to be very minimalistic. So uh, if you want to start with that kind of art style, uh, I think chibis are great because. Uh, one, they don't follow uh, the normal proportions of the human body, which uh, I'm sure if anyone, if anyone listening right now is versed in art, um, proportions are kind of hard, kind of hard to make sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, proportions 
uh, for Chibi are very different, and I'd like to say much easier to execute. So uh, if you ever okay. want to start with that kind of art style, uh, Chibis are great to start, in my opinion. And yeah, uh, back to a uh, specific art style I have. It's not like super specific. I like to draw a lot of anime and uh, manga-ish thingies. So obviously my art style is a lot closer to that. But uh, when I really, uh, really want to, uh, to put a lot of work into something, um, it's going to be a little bit more realistic. So it's kind of like some kind of hybrid between uh, realism, but uh, still very much anime and manga. Okay. That's probably the best way I could describe it. <laughs> Makes sense. So I got one final question for you, Templar. All right. I'm ready. For the people out there that are either just getting into manga or just getting into drawing in general that are really curious about how to get better at drawing manga, do you have any advice for them about how to practice the art style and how to improve their artwork in general? This is a question I get a lot by people who want to start drawing, uh, people who are just interested, because um, I think whenever you see uh, uh, someone, someone who's really good at what they're doing, uh, you know, just execute craft, uh, it's kind of very inspirational in a sense, because you see that and you're kind of like, I want to do that as well. And then you, you start trying. And uh, for those who uh, really any sort of uh, skill level, you can be uh, just beginning like now as you know we're talking, or if you have a little bit of experience, or if you're, if you're more experienced and just are looking to, uh, to improve your craft. Um, personally, I draw a lot of characters. Um, of course, uh, the advice I'm going to give is much more focused for uh, character-based drawing. If you want to draw backgrounds and stuff, uh, some other tips can apply, which I'm not exactly too much versed in. Uh, I'm much more of a character, uh, someone who draws a lot of characters and maybe just a little bit of background. But uh, for starters, um, I'm going to say this. You might laugh. Uh, circles are your, your best friend. Like, circles are your best friend. If you ever see a human body, uh, it's very, very like, you could say smooth. Um, it doesn't have very angular shapes. So circles will always be your best friend uh, before starting to do anything major. Uh, making a head, making a body, I suggest you start by using circles a lot as your basic building shape and slowly build. Uh, your face, your character. You cannot start something with, like, you cannot start and start with the end result right away. There's going to be a lot of lines that you're going to have to erase. There's going to be a lot of stuff, really, that you're going to have to start, begin. It's a lot of trial and error. Um, if you're a little bit more experienced, uh, learn about the anatomy of the human body if you want to make a character. Uh, even though anime, a lot of anime, uh, art styles uh, put some like break some of those proportions. Um, learning about the general body, uh, just how it works, how the limbs are supposed to bend, uh, works very well. And for really com complete beginner, uh, for people who just start, like now, you could say, 
Um, start as I started. Mimic a lot of stuff you want to see. Because the art style that you see and like you think it's really good, it means that they're doing something like something good with this. So start by drawing stuff you see. Don't start making your own character day one. You won't be able you will be able to, but it's probably not gonna end up as a result you like. So um start with like for example an image. Just try to copy the image. Try to by copying the image you're gonna slowly realize uh and it's slowly gonna be uh, drilled into your head more or less how the body is supposed to look like. You're gonna start drawing. Then you can draw another piece, another piece, and another piece. And then when you want to start learning more about this, you're going to be, oh, I want to see how the human, like how to draw a human head. Then you're going to start looking at a tutorial. And slowly but surely, you're going to start learning more, more hair physics, clothes physics, shading. And it's just a long journey that at the end, I think, uh, pays off. It really pays off because at the end, you can do something and say, I did this and be proud of yourself. That's very inspirational. (laughs) <laughs> thank you so that about covers all that i wanted to talk about today do you have any shout outs that you want to give before we close up uh shout out to you thank you for inviting me um obviously I you are think, very welcome uh... <laughs> come back <laughs> i think this is uh generally a very cool idea um yeah and i'm i'm very glad to be here um i guess shout out to uh just anime in general it's like it's it's great uh i know there's uh, a lot of uh I'd like to say um, preconceived uh, views on people who like this sort of stuff, but uh, honestly, I've met a lot of people who like this, and they've been great, great people like you, for example. Uh, I so far have not been, uh, have not met someone weird about this or anything. Uh, obviously, there's going to be weird people for everything. So uh, if you want to join or if you want to learn more about this, don't be afraid. Jump. It's it's great. It's it's a great place here. We have cookies. We have iced tea. We have tea. It's great. Join us. One of us. Join the dark side of the force. We have cookies. Yes, we have cookies. Well, thanks again, Templar, for joining us today. Thank you. So I'm going to now go to a quick break before I come back with my review of episode eight of Fire Force. Please stick with us. We'll be right back. Thank you very much. Hey folks, this is Mott speaking. I just want to take a moment and thank you for listening to this episode of Imbibe and Anime. If you're enjoying our content, please like this episode, rate our podcast, or share it with your friends who you think might appreciate it as well. It goes a long way in helping us reach new listeners. We'd also like to invite you to join our weekly discussions. Leave us a comment, send us a direct message, or follow the link in our SoundCloud to our email to share your thoughts with us. Stan and I are always down to chat about anything remotely related to anime. Well, thanks again, and I hope you enjoy the rest of this episode. And I'm back. Just finished watching episode 8 of Fire Force. I am conflicted. I am very conflicted. If I had to sum up this episode in just a few words, I would probably say that how I'm feeling about it right now, I think the episode was promising but flawed is probably the way that i would put it so 
to to dive into it, my general thoughts about the episode so far. I think from what I saw in the episode, I'm a little bored, I would probably say, because I think a lot of things in this episode were, there was not a lot of suspense. They kind of showed you what happened really quickly back to back. So where the problem with the last episode, well, it wasn't really a problem, but the thing that happened with episode seven, in my opinion, was there was not a lot exciting happening. It was just um, introducing the new plot arc that the characters were about to embark on, and that's cool and all, but not anything to really write home about. And then with this episode, they tried to do so much all at once. Holy cow. They have now figured out who is, well, they figured out how people are transforming Infernals. They figured out that, they figured out who is trying to transform Infernals. And they've also confronted the person who is trying to transform Infernals, uh, Lieutenant Rekka. On top of that, we saw scenes from Lieutenant Rekka talking about the evangelist, some sort of new character, potential some potentially some big bad boss, not someone we've heard about before. So that'll be exciting to see who the evangelist is or in what context they arise in the show. Is this someone who is related to the, I believe his name was the Joker, the like baddie that approached uh, Shinra during their training exercise. Uh, are they related, those two organizations? Are they not? Uh, what is the goal of this evangelist? Who is this evangelist? And what do, the heck does Lieutenant Rekka mean by pilot light? I mean, there's a lot going on in this episode. It's a bit overwhelming in my opinion. They just kind of throw it at you back to back to back. I didn't really f have time to feel suspense in the entire episode. So I'm not the happiest pretty much just because of that. But doesn't mean it wasn't an enjoyable episode. I did enjoy it to a good extent. Um, I am curious why they decided to let the audience know so quickly who's behind making Infernals in the first squad. So I didn't expect them to immediately one episode after joining the first squad to already figure out that Lieutenant Rekka is the big baddie behind what's going on so i think there's there's got to be more to it than this either a i think one possibility is we've assumed there's only one person transforming people into infernals maybe it's more than one it's not like it's ever explicitly determined to be specifically one person so that might be interesting and the other thought that I have is perhaps, you know, they find him, but in the process of finding him, something bigger is going to happen. And we have some hints of that now seeing that a boy who was starting to be turned into Infernal actually overcame it and somehow and is not turning into an Infernal. Maybe he's now suddenly a third generation pyrotechnic. Um, that would be interesting. And I'm curious to see if actually how that boy comes into the picture next episode. So. There's, There's got to be something to it. They wouldn't just reveal who the baddie is in the first squad so quickly without there being some sort of curveball coming up. So I am, I'm excited to see what that is, and I'm curious. It, it's sparking my interest. I think in general, the show has a lot of great content, too. I am, I am really, I was pretty excited to see 
the idea of how people are transforming Infernals manually, the whole bug is kind of creepy and cool. I dig it. I also really dig. I, I'm super. I'm just super curious about what that what that boy who didn't turn into Infernal, that so-called compatible pilot light. I'm super curious to see what that's going to turn into. Like, there's a lot of really good storytelling potential in this show. There's a lot of mysteries going on that I'm super curious about, and it's pretty creative. So I'm pretty happy about that still. And boy, I have to say, the animation in this show sometimes is absolutely gorgeous, in my opinion. I really loved the sequence when Shinra is responding to Tamaki's cry for help and just flies in, and you see him with his feet on fire kind of coming out like devilish wings and his devil grin coming in. That still was so gorgeous. I really loved it. So those, I think those are the things to share with you guys about what I thought about the episode in terms of its positives. So on to the negatives for, in my opinion, I hate Tamaki. I'm, I'm just going to put that out there. I think best girl in this point has to be Maki because she's the only character who's female that I like who's left. I don't like Captain Hibana. Well, that's this is maybe a little bit of an exaggeration, but I don't like Captain Hibana. I've already talked about this before. I am sister. I'm sad about because I want to like sister. I want to like sister so much, but I just can't because she's just the damsel who just says prayers and does the cool hand sign upside down heart thing. And looks cute as cute as fuck. Like sister is hella, hella great character design. Super cute character design. Love it. But I there's nothing else. Like I want to like sister so bad, but I just can't. And now Tamaki. Oh boy, Tamaki. So far, she's only been used as fan service, as a blind damsel who's just blindly in love with Lieutenant Rekka. And as a hothead, like she's fought once at the, I can't remember which episode, but when um, Arthur and Tamaki and Shinra are battling Joker in the training ground facility. That was her only fight. It was decent, but still Shinra kind of saved her there. So she didn't actually pull off that many good feats yet at all. So I'm kind of bummed about that. And she's just a like a crybaby damsel now. And I get that she's distressed because the person she's looked up to turns out to be this villainous guy, you know, Lieutenant Rekka. But boy, oh boy, does it just suck that the only contributions to the plot she's made so far are so one-dimensional. She's literally like a 1D Maki. All the things that are great about Maki are missing from her. And all the things that suck just suck. Like, she's just a bad Maki. No wonder, I mean, Tamaki, maybe Ta is, like, inferior. I don't know. I'm also not a happy camper when it comes to Lieutenant Rekka yet, but I think I can be swayed to like Lieutenant Rekka as a villain. Um, so to explain this, right now, I don't think I can call Lieutenant Rekka a good villain because I don't think he has any motive yet. So... We don't really know what he's doing besides the fact that he's blindly following the evangelist for some sort of experiment to find a compatible pilot light, whatever that's supposed to mean. Um, so I would 
I want to know about his motivation. And then once I know about his motivation, I think I can decide whether or not he's a good villain. And I think that'll have to wait because it'll have to be when we learn more about the evangelist, because I'm kind of worried that the next few episodes, he might do a little bit of dialoguing where he just literally is like, I'm following the evangelist. The evangelist is going to lead us to heaven or a bright future or something like that. And I need to blindly follow this person. I don't know. That's kind of what I expect next episode to be like. We will see if it's not, that'd be great. Um, I want to know though, you know, why does he trust the evangelist? What in his mind ticked so that he decided it's okay to kill all these kids by turning them into infernals in just if searching for one child that might not die during the process. Like that's messed up. He has to have some sort of justification for it or else it's just stupid. So I am, I'm excited and I'm also a little worried. I hope that they do something really cool about Lieutenant Rekka's motivation. Otherwise, he's just a one-dimensional evil dude to be evil who fakes being good. Whatever. So we'll see. That might be really cool. The fight sequence against him so far also between Shinra and him, I will, I will give the show the benefit of the doubt. They've basically just put a cliffhanger because Shinra's just arrived and slammed his face into the ground and that's it. Slammed Lieutenant Reko's face into the ground. So there's still a lot to be done, potentially. There's not a lot that has been animated about it yet. So I am excited to see what happens with the fight scene. But it has to be better than the fight scene against Captain Hibana. Because if it isn't, oh, I'm going to be so sad. Because if they maybe do a lot of dialoguing and then there's... Like maybe Cap uh, Lieutenant Rekka stands up and they do a lot of dialoguing. Then there's another punch and then he's out. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna be so sad about this show. So so sad. But I don't think that's actually gonna happen. I think it's going to be a more intricate fight. I think it's gonna be far more exciting. I even have some hypotheses and headcanon to go over later as well about some ideas about what might happen next. But I think because Captain Hibana was going to be their ally and because Captain Hibana was following that anime trope of former female villain now turned good and also in love with main character, I think because that was her trope and that was kind of obvious from the beginning that they weren't going to put a lot of effort into her fight scene that turns her good because they were just going to turn her good and just go along with the plot and push forward having Captain Hibana now be an ally to the 8th squad and have her being intricate to the plot line. This case, when it comes to Lieutenant Rekka, the fight, I don't see them setting him up as someone who this fight doesn't matter for. That's That's a poor way to put it. I don't think that this fight is going to be insignificant between Shinra and Lieutenant Rekka. I think this fight is going to have to serve a purpose in a few different ways, either to set up a scale or an understanding for how dangerous this evangelist is. So perhaps, you know, Lieutenant Rekka turns out to be 
super strong and way too much to handle for most people. Like maybe he's like a secret Aizen, like in Bleach. Probably not. He's probably not as strong as Aizen, but you get the idea that he was actually not as strong as he led on while he was in the first squad. Perhaps that might be the case. That would be interesting. And then that might give us some perspective for how formidable this new foe, the evangelist, might be that this strong underling is following the evangelist. And I also imagine this fight could serve as an opportunity to scale for Shinra's power. Because we had some power scaling when Shinra sparred with the first captain. You kind of saw that Shinra totally got his ass whooped handedly by the first captain. Captain Blaze, I think, was his name. But... You know, that was, we've only seen Shinra completely kick ass and completely get kicked in the ass. We haven't seen any intermediates. So we haven't seen like a close fight barely go his way or a close fight not go his way. And that's what I want to see with Lieutenant Rekka. And I think it's set up to be like that with Lieutenant Rekka because they've now shown us different fights that have been the two extremes for Shinra's power scaling and it's time to go in the middle. So that'll be pretty cool. I'm really looking forward to a pretty cool fight between Lieutenant Rekka and him. I think potentially what might happen after that fight or during that fight is one of three things. I think either the fight is going to be almost entirely between Lieutenant Rekka and Shinra. In which case, I think it'll serve probably as a power scaling in some sort. Or, I think perhaps, uh, what's his name again? Lieutenant Karim. So the, the guy who can like freeze things with his firepower. He might show up and then the fight might turn on its head a little bit. And then maybe Lieutenant Karim comes in to save Shinra because Shinra gets his butt whooped by Lieutenant Karim. And then we'll have the childhood dynamic going on. That might be really cool. Or he comes in and there's some sort of huge dialoguing. Shinra doesn't really need his help. Maybe they go two-on-one against Lieutenant Rekka. Then Lieutenant Rekka has to escape somehow. That would be interesting as well. So those are my three predictions for how I think that fight is going to go down. But I maybe Arthur joins in as well. But I think more likely than not, it's going to focus on Lieutenant Rekka maybe Lieutenant Karim and Shinra. I don't think Arthur is going to get that much focus in this fight. I think they're going to leave Arthur's power scaling and character advancements for a different time. We shall see, though. Some headcanon I actually had that I thought was actually really interesting about this episode that got me thinking. Is Shinra potentially somehow a spawn from one of those insect infestations, right? Because we've seen now that a boy who got stung by this insect, he didn't turn into an infernal, but he conquered the fire or something like that. Maybe now he's a third generation pyrotechnic, and maybe that's actually how Shinra got his powers. If that's the case, who did it to Shinra? Does the first captain, Captain Blaze, know who actually did it to Shinra? Is it even Captain Blaze? That would be fascinating. 
So I wonder where Shinra's powers come from. And I wonder in general, in the greater universe of Fire Force, where do the powers of the third, uh, third generation pyrotechnics come from? You know, why are some people just second generation? Why are some people third generation? What's the difference between them? Does it have something to do with your heritage? Does it have something to do with the way you grew up, your exposure to infernals, or your exposure to these insects? I'm really curious. So yeah, that's my headcanon. Um, I don't really have any other comments on what I think will come up next, uh, but I think the fact that I have so many questions or thoughts about what might occur is a good sign. I think it's a sign that I do still care about the universe of Fire Force. I am still interested about the universe of Fire Force. It is a really cool concept um, and it is beautiful. I will definitely say I've been listening to the OP for Fire Force on repeat quite a lot this last week because it's just, I think it's one of the best OPs in a long time. And the exit song as well, like it's one of the best exits of all a long time as well. Stan and I have both expressed this opinion of the podcast before. So I think that's really promising for the show. I think really, though, the pitfall of this show so far really is the characters. They need, in my opinion, they need to focus on some strong characters that juxt, not juxtapose, but that complement Shinra, right? They don't need to stand in opposition of Shinra, but it can't be the Shinra show. And Arthur is starting to be that type of character, but Arthur is more of like a colleague, friend, always there by Shinra's side. I want someone who, you know, is maybe on Shinra's side, but maybe disagrees with him or who stands independently of Shinra. Like they're not part of that tag team bromance between Arthur and Shinra. Like that, I really want that out of Maki. I really want Maki to be developed into this super strong character who has her own backstory, own complicated history, who's a multidimensional character with a lot of depth, the same way that Shinra actually is. And potentially Arthur. I mean, we don't know a lot about Arthur yet, so I'll leave Arthur for a different time when he shines a little bit more. But I really am hoping to see that from Maki. I mean, if I see that from Maki, Maki is hands down best girl in the show. Boom. End of discussion. I don't, I don't think I will accept anybody else saying anything else. That being said, if you have a different best goal, you know, good on you. Like what you want to like. So yeah, I think really the shortcoming is the characters, because there's so many characters that I just don't care about. They're so black and white. They're very boring. So like Tamaki, don't don't care for. Sister, also very black and white, unfortunately. Lieutenant Hibana, there's a trend here too, right? All the female characters, except for Maki, are pretty boring, which is a bummer. But we'll see if that continues. Yeah. So those are my thoughts about the episode. All in all, I think if I had to give it a mouse score, I am sitting on a... Ooh, this is actually a hard one. Uh, I would think I would probably give it a six just because the pacing felt strange. So that's going back to my comment on we learned way too much way too fast compared to last episode or the episode before then. I didn't like that. That rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, there wasn't 
a lot of fighting, but there was a lot of pretty gorgeous sequences. And the the characters that we've learned a lot more about, we've only learned extremely superficial things about them. Actually, take that back. I have a lot of questions, actually, after watching this episode. So I think I'm probably actually going to give it an 8. I'm going to totally scratch what I just said. I'm changing my mind. I have so many questions after this episode, it has to be an 8. Like, it's, it's, it's turning the gears in my brain. Because it's turning the gears in my brain, I think it's done something right. It is above average for the episodes in general. Um, seven is really my cutoff for it's an okay anime. Sure, see it or don't see it. Below is, you know, not a good episode. And this was a good episode. So I think it's an eight. It deserves it. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, possible things to come in the future, different interactions between people. They're really thick on the obvious storytelling. Like, they're really thick on the whole something's going to happen between Lieutenant Rekka and Lieutenant Karim. They're really thick on the whole gotta save Tamaki. Tamaki's in danger. Uh, who's this evangelist? Ooh, gotta learn about them. Like, they're not subtle at all in this show, which is a bummer. And so I can't think, I don't think it can ever get better a better score than eight until they learn a little more subtlety in their storytelling. But it deserves an eight. I liked it. So... That about summarizes where I'm at from this episode and where I'm feeling in general for Fire Force right now. Well, what did you guys think? Uh, do you folks have any comments about the episode eight or the show in general? Did you like it more than I did? Did you think it was worse than I did? What do you think is going to happen next? What do you think of my headcanon? Do you have your own headcanon? Make a comment in our SoundCloud on the track itself. Send Tyson and me a direct message. Or send us an email using the link in our SoundCloud, all of which are totally acceptable ways to talk to us about this topic. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your comments. Anyhow, next week, Stan will be back. He'll join us again on the show. I really look forward to having him back. I hope you do too. It's going to be a good fun. We're going to be reviewing episode nine of Fire Force, as well as having some fun main subjects to discuss before Fire Force at the beginning of the show. It'll be a good time. Until then, we hope you tune again next week. Cheers to you.